This is the Macmillan Library Podcast, a community conversation maker, bringing you curated conversations with Macmillan librarians, community members, authors, musicians, artists, and more. Welcome back to the Macmillan Conversation Maker Podcast. Today, we bring you a conversation from earlier in the summer about mindfulness, Chinese herbs, and slacklining. Our guest Brian Brown and I hosted a mindfulness class at the library along with a chance to check out slacklining as a form of moving meditation and body strengthener. We'll be hosting another one of these classes in Amherst at the Jensen Center on Tuesday, August 28th at 6 p.m. And a final reminder to get song submissions in for the Macmillan Summer Mixtape in by August 20th, or better yet, come record a song in our studio. We will have some CDs available at the library and will release songs as a podcast episode once they are finished being compiled. And now, here's Brian Brown. Brian Brown. We have Brian Brown here. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do we've got your business card here it says brian brown <laughs> ms ms chi therapy qigong and chinese herbs yes so i practice and teach chi therapy qigong and chinese herbs in amherst wisconsin so these are all kind of the uh, the better kept secrets of chinese medicine so chinese medicine um is based upon the the theory of chi or energy that flows through the body in the meridians and you can access that system for for healing or for martial arts using some different practices most people are familiar with acupuncture that uses needles on the acupuncture points you can also use pressure on those points um, you can use gentle movements similar to tai chi that's what qigong is or you can actually just gently touch the body and manipulate the chi or energy directly, which sounds way out there, but that's what chi therapy is. Okay. Is that kind of like what Reiki is? It's very similar to Reiki, yep. Um, my wife has done a bunch of acupuncture, and she really likes it. Mm-hmm. I've done, have you heard of the um, the Shaolin muscle tendon change classic? I have heard of that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, you're the only person who's answered <laughs> affirmative to that question. Um, yeah, I've got that DVD. For some reason, I forgot I forgot how I learned about it, but one of my friends... You were just handling your anti-mindfulness device. <laughs> I know. Phone's ringing. Um, I was just... I was really into uh, Shaolin. I had a friend who was into Shaolin monks and whatnot, And I was really into climbing and climbing a lot at the time. And my tendons were hurting really bad. So I was trying to figure out different ways where I could strengthen the tendons and release uh, the pain and the different things that were coming from over using certain muscles, like Mm -hmm. climbing in front. And it seemed to really help a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that Chinese medicine, regardless of what it is, is pretty amazing. It's really mind-blowing, especially for people from the West, where 
this is not something we're taught in grade school. We have no frame of reference for this at all. So Yeah, I got taught a lot about the muscular system and lifting weights and endurance, and I never really got training on like tendons and how they develop and how much longer it takes a tendon to develop in the different things and different stretches or some of those along with the muscle tendon change they're like using bags of beans to like hit their arms over and over (laughs) and then that eventually strengthens their tendons Mm -hmm. which is a strange way to do it but looks like it works right there's a did you ever see the movie johnny english reborn no starring mr bean uh nope no so you got to check this one out especially if you're listening it's it's on netflix my kids love this movie so there's Johnny English 1 is basically Mr. Bean being a dorky spy. Okay. And then Johnny English 2 is him um, studying with some monks up in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's some more esoteric, uh, I don't know, Shaolin practices. One of them is called Qi weightlifting, where you, <laughs> <laughs> you attach, uh, and I've only read about this, I've never tried it, but you attach a satin or silk... Um, like a bandana mm-hmm. around your your scrotum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then you attach a weight to it. And then by lifting up your pelvic floor, that's supposed to strengthen your base chi. Wow. And for that women... <laughs> seems dangerous. The corollary is a, a jade or a marble egg that they insert into themselves. Wow. But fascinating practices. Anyway, in Johnny English Reborn, there's a... <laughs> A scene where he's dragging a giant rock that's attached to a rope, and the rope is attached. All you see is it disappears under his his undergarments. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it's hilarious. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, do you teach classes? I do not teach those practices. Do you teach those practices at your class? <laughs> I do not. You're going to get a long line of people wanting to get in there. <laughs> Uh, but so you the, do the qi, qigong classes or do you do qi, Chinese herbs too? Like if if I didn't know what, I have some kind of ailment, would you be able to help direct me? Yes. So I do both. So the most recent qigong class I taught was um, here in Wisconsin Rapids at the Lowell Senior Center. So every Wednesday from 11 till noon, I taught this group of older women, basically qigong. And they loved it. Nice. They loved it. Yeah. So Chinese herbs, um, so the the herbal training that I've received is essentially the training that a doctor of Chinese medicine receives, except that I don't have any acupuncture training because okay. I know qi therapy and that's actually superior to acupuncture. Oh, my eye is winking. <laughs> Anyways, we can talk about that. But basically um, using, you know, your signs and symptoms, I can give you a Chinese medicine diagnosis. So for tendon issues, that's actually related to liver Mm. and something called liver chi stagnation. So for that, there's a a few common herbal formulas that I might prescribe for you. (laughs) Nice. And do do you have these herbs or is there a certain place that you'd recommend people to get them? I recommend online. There's a, there's a company called activeherb.com that's based out of San Diego. And what's amazing is you you read the reviews of these herbal formulas and that people are having these ama- amazing healing experiences. 
but uh, like a two week course of these herbal formulas only costs like $10. <laughs> Whoa. So it's almost ridiculous. I mean, I was just writing up something today about um, prostatitis, which is a common thing for men. Apparently it affects almost 50% of men in the U.S., but it's very difficult to treat. And a lot of men are receiving um, some kind of nasty surgery to correct um, certain things with their enlarged prostates. But there's a common herbal formula, Chinese medicine, that treats this. And all the reviews, the the guys are like, whoa, it was only a couple days and my flow has increased. But nobody knows about these things, you know. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) there's a lot of, a lot of different medicines that we're not quite aware of or Mm -hmm. haven't been studied either by having a stigma of not working or being Mm -hmm. weird that they just haven't got into the rounds of university studies and the FDA hasn't cleared any of them so then doctors don't prescribe any of them because they only prescribe the recommended approved studied methods that were done in the u.s Mm -hmm. even if they're studied elsewhere they still need to go through their clinical trials here and unfortunately we're not that far in the exploration of all the different medicines and modalities available to us Mm And it's really from a Chinese medicine perspective, all of what you said. I mean, I agree with you, but it's laughable <laughs> mm-hmm. because so, for instance, this formula for um, for liver chi stagnation, it's almost 1800 years old and it's been proven clinically for almost 2000 years. <laughs> yeah. And there's just there's a there's a ton of research that's been done in Taiwan and Japan and China. And yet, you know, you can't even. This company, ActiveHerb, they're only allowed to say, to use certain words to describe how their herbal formulas work with people. But if they say they're going to treat a specific disease, then that's illegal to do. So, for instance, it's actually illegal for me to um, give a Western medicine diagnosis unless I'm a doctor, which I'm not. Right. But, for instance, I can give a Chinese medicine diagnosis. Oh. No problem. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of semantics involved. I worked Mm -hmm. at a natural health food store right out of college, and they did a lot of supplements, and people would come in asking, what do I need for this condition? And we had to get trained to be really careful of what we say, how we say it, and how we say, like, if it's going to help. Or we had this computer screen with all the different things so we could pull up and be like, look what this says. This says it helps you for this, Mm -hmm. but I'm not saying it's going to cure you or it's not because otherwise they come back and you get in trouble. Right. Well, and the neat thing too about Chinese herbs that there there are very few side effects. Um, There's a a raft of what they call, I don't know, blood movement, moving blood herbs, which that doesn't really register in Western medicine either, but some of those are are not recommended for pregnancy if you're pregnant. Um, but other than that, they're pretty much pretty much clear. Are there any whatever. good books on Chinese herbs that you would recommend? Or um, any authors? <laughs> there aren't actually. Actually, if you go to this activeherb.com website, even though they're just, just trying to sell you things, their, um, their edu- educational materials are very good. So all the best books are actually very old and some of them are out of print 
Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> or not in our language. Right. And most um, Western herbalists, kind of like Western medicine, is we're focusing on, so for this problem, you take this one herb, um, which is very Western. But in Chinese medicine, it's very unusual that a Chinese medicine practitioner would ever um, prescribe a single herb. They almost always prescribe an herbal formula, which includes from four to like 25 different herbs within it that balance out all of the aspects of the formula. Yeah, I've seen that. We have a Chinese herbal formula at home, and I'm used to looking at the back being like, okay, how many milligrams is in this one for this? <laughs> and then I look at that one, and it's just like, yeah, 20 different things. Like, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start. It's completely out of my framework of taking supplements. Yeah, and with those, they say, so a lot of the, the medicines, you can just buy these herbal formulas that are at, on this activeherb.com. They're what, what are called patent medicines. Um, so... For instance, this formula for liver cheese stagnation, I could get all of the individual herbs fresh. I could dry them and prepare them and grind them in a mortar, (laughs) mix them together, and then steep them in a certain way and then give you that tea. So there's a lot of work doing all that. Um, But this work has already been done in China, and they put them together in what are called tea pills or tablets, um, and they're very easy to use. And what's interesting is on these bottles, they'll say something like five tea pills three times a day, but you can actually take more or less depending upon what your condition is for that that's prescribed for that formula. So if you had a really acute case of this liver cheese stagnation, you know, maybe you take 20 of these twice a day, and as it improved, you'd, you'd take less and less, and maybe you'd stop taking it. Um, because unlike Western medicine, you know, if I have um, diabetes, I, I don't just take insulin forever. I would take some herbal formula that would bring me back to balance. And then when I'm in balance, I don't need to take that formula anymore. Yeah, that seems like the way to go. <laughs> have you had any personal stories of success that you've used these herbs with? Um, I can... And this might sound weird, but maybe not to you, but there's actually, there's a large emotional component tied up with um, your individual organs in Chinese medicine and also the, um, you know, what symptoms and problems you might have with those organs. So for instance, the liver is associated with, um, with strong emotions like anger, depression, or people that have outbursts. So I'm not saying it's you, Colin, because you had these <laughs> tendon issues. But it's also for people who tend to be a little more closed with their emotions. So when we're a little more guarded about our emotions, we don't share them and they don't come up. And we sort of stuff that in our liver. And then the chi or energy gets backed up. And then we have these physical issues. Um, but when you take these herbs, you know, if you're a person who's sensitive to your emotions in your body, When I first started, so I had some liver chi stagnation issues, and I was actually having pains in my liver that would actually radiate out to, it felt like sciatica on the hip on the same side, and then shoulder and neck issues on the right side as well, very near the liver. Um, And as soon as I started taking these herbs for the first couple days, 
I like all these really like anger and things were coming out of nowhere. And I'm like, honey, I'm sorry. I was, I mean, I was doing dishes one night and I felt like just throwing dishes across the room for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) And then after my liver opened up and those things came out and then it was clear sailing and I felt very relaxed for the first time in a long, long time. Um, and it made me think like, well, is, is there something wrong with me taking these herbs like a drug to get these emotional things out? But then I thought, if it works and it's safe, I mean, big deal. <laughs> well, yeah, some of them are just normal things that you'd um, put in food or tea. Like right. all, basically all food has some kind of physiological effect on our body. Mm-hmm. It's They're all slightly a drug or a supplement. (laughs) And if you're eating tons of processed foods, they actually do have a lot of chemicals in them. And Mm -hmm. everything does have a different corresponding physical, physiological effect. So, Right. Yeah. And in fact, some of the more common Chinese herbs are actually everyday things that you would recognize, like cinnamon Mm -hmm. is a Chinese herb. Um, Gypsum is. (laughs) Apricot seeds. Um, And in fact, there's a there's a popular remedy for constipation, and the main ingredient is actually cannabis seed. <laughs> oh, that's odd. <laughs> yeah, and it was funny. The I'm trying to think of who it was. Maybe I shouldn't say who it was, but I just reminded them. Okay, I know you'll be traveling soon, so don't you don't want to take that with you, even though, you know, there's no. I'm sure it was a very small amount, and there was not. Know, smokable or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But there's something in that seed, any seed, when you crush it, it releases these oils, and that's supposed to moisten the intestines to get things moving. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about mindfulness. We're mm-hmm. going to go out in just a little bit and get on a slack line that I set up, uh, which involves the process of mindfulness to learn how to balance and walk on something that humans just really aren't used to walking on. It's like a piece of webbing in between two trees that is ratcheted tight. And they call it, it's not a tight rope, it's a slack. It's a slack line. Mm-hmm. So it has some slack. You bounce. It's like a tra- little trampoline. Uh, and there's done, there's been research that it improves learning that and proprioception with the balance muscles and movement uh, actually helps your working memory. There's been studies that it helps people's working memory up to like 50% after they were done. Hmm. Um, And it helps muscles that you normally don't use. So if you're into support sports, like rock climbers do slacklining a lot. Uh, Runners, it would be really good for sometimes my knee aches a little, my right right knee. And slacklining kind of gets all the muscles that you normally aren't using so much so they're stabilizing muscles to keep your joints uh your joints nice and your knees and especially as you get older too balance is a big thing that a lot of people succumb to falling down and shattering a hip or a bone Mm -hmm. at some later stage in life so if you keep active and use slack line for balance and proprioception you're not as susceptible to those types of things. And I wanted to get your perspective on you teach, uh, you practice mindfulness a lot. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn a little bit about that and how we can translate that over to different activities, even though just doing 
meditation practice, but mindfulness can be carried on to you throughout the whole day. Absolutely. Um, so I also practice and teach Qigong. And Qigong basically stands for Qi or energy practice. And there are approximately 5,000 different practices, Qigong practices, <laughs> one of which is Tai Chi. So I've only practiced maybe 10 of these. Um, but what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the chi or energy flowing through your body to open up any um, blockages or areas of tension, which promotes a, a sense of well-being. It relieves stress and in increases awareness. Um, so, you know, there are different kinds of mindfulness, but basically the Chinese would say, you know, you can only really affect life in the present moment. And that a lot of people waste a lot of time and energy and emotions either thinking about the past or worrying about the future. And it seems like, you know, maybe 500 years ago, there was a lot less of this not being in the present moment. I mean, maybe you didn't worry about your job when you were done with it. Maybe once you caught your food and you were safe from the tiger, <laughs> you didn't worry about it anymore. But it seems like a lot of the jobs we have now you know, sitting in front of a computer all day, um, getting nervous about being in a conference room with a bunch of your peers or something like that, that we don't have a physical component to that that kind of clears out that tension. Um, so mindfulness, meditation, qigong, tai chi, I would say anything that brings you into the present moment lets you touch actual and true life Whereas a lot, of the, a lot of the time, especially with computers and phones, I mean, people spend most of their time focused on a very tiny display. <laughs> yeah. And they're unaware of time. I mean, we've heard this in the news. I mean, somebody walked out in front of a bus and they got run, up, run over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, that's but been a that's lot. a big problem. It's a lot. <laughs> you know, whereas prior to all this technology, prior to our, our modern way of living, our awareness was not just, you know, as small as our iPhone. It was as large as our, our whole bodies. You know, it was important to be aware of the back of your body, the front of your body, your feet and your legs, as well as your surroundings, um, you know, for survival. And there are different um, spiritual traditions throughout the world that value um different areas of focus or different areas of mindfulness. So for instance, Christianity, they really value the the heart of Christ. So this kind of chest heart area. Um, Islam really values the kind of the third eye, the center of the forehead. And Chinese medicine really values this, uh, the navel area or the kidney area as the, the root of all being. But there are more... Um, my two of my teachers have Native American teachers, so they lead with a lot of Native Native American teachings. I mean, they said the Native Americans valued all parts of the body equally, and so it was very important to be grounded, but developed, you know, as a full being, as a full being, and that that was balance, you know, not focusing on one area. So I think I'm talking around in a circle here a little bit, but just that there are some profound practices which are mindfulness that bring us into the present moment 
that allow us to let go of stress, to participate more fully in life, and to be more happy and present with our loved ones. And again, they're simple and easy to do. And I think, you know, I haven't tried slacklining, but thinking thinking about it as I was thinking about our talk today, I mean, anytime you have to be, I think most of the time we're just, a, we're ahead with some goggles on it and we're looking out the goggles all day and we're totally unaware of the rest of our bodies. So anything that brings us into the present moment, like balancing on a rope between two trees where we have to be aware of our feet and what's around us. I mean, I think that's a mindfulness practice in itself. Yeah, it's really, I was talking to you about, um, it takes a little bit to set up, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, depending on what the rig is. But sometimes I don't feel like setting it up. But once you do, yeah, your whole body is engaged in this activity and time can just fly by mm -hmm. and you feel so much better afterwards. Um, that's pretty much like any physical exercise for me. Right. I always wait to do something like running until the end of the day and I'm like, shoot, I should have done that just right <laughs> away in the morning because I feel like a thousand times better now and I could do all of my daily activities uh, at a much higher level. Mm-hmm. It just clears. There's a definite brain-body connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's the same with mindful practices like seated meditation or Tai Chi that I don't want to do that. I, I know it's good yeah. for me. but And then as soon as you start it, I mean, I've had classes where we've, we've sat doing this thing called unwinding meditation. Basically, you sit there and you kind of make sure your shoulders are down. You can sit comfortably, and then you let control give up control of your head to your body and your head starts to rotate. And we did that for 20 minutes and it felt like it was only 30 seconds. You know? Wow. Just because you're, you're letting go, you're going with the flow, your awareness is expanding and you would think you'd be aware of every second, but they kind of melt into one another and poof, there goes five hours and you feel great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Is there any certain uh, aspect of the things that you teach or mindfulness that you would encourage someone who has no experience in this to start out with? There, there are a lot of different practices, and I think people are aware of a lot of different practices, but they just haven't tried them. And, you know, I'd say... For me, doing standing qigong every day, basically you stand with your hands up in front of you like you're embracing a tree. I'll stand like that for 20 minutes a day and then usually do that in the morning. And then in the night, I try and do this unwinding meditation that I just described for at least 20 minutes. But, I mean, getting anybody to do anything on a regular basis. So I would say... Try that thing you've heard of. Try yoga, try meditation, try Tai Chi, try Qigong, and then keep exploring. Because there, there's kind of a common practice among people that are you would call they're mindful, they're peaceful. It seems like they've got it together. And what they've really got is they've got some daily practice. Maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's ten, maybe it's an hour. But they do it on a regular basis. And you build up this kind of a mindfulness momentum. And it's it's a really powerful thing developing that practice, whatever it is. So usually it's either yoga or tai chi or they sit in meditation and maybe they end it with prayer. 
you know yeah that's it's tough to do it it's is. tough to keep in a <laughs> rhythm but yeah it's definitely profoundly effective just mm-hmm. a little bit of meditation um in the morning i've been thinking about trying to get back into uh, a practice of that and maybe the muscle tendon change too mm-hmm. i really like that but it's just i need to memorize all of the moves is my problem because <laughs> otherwise I have to be where the TV is mm-hmm. and be and when I move and if I'm not looking at the TV I lose like what the movement is so I just need to memorize them all because I think there's like 12 different move sequences mm-hmm. so I need to get in a doing it every day or every couple days so I can memorize it but it does have a profound mental change because you don't really realize throughout the day how little you're actually trying to or you're never trying to just relax and not think about something you're always Mm -hmm. kind of thinking about something or thinking about doing something or eating or worried about something and then you eventually end up being worried about going to bed because you're not going to get enough (laughs) sleep and then you wake up and you're worried that you haven't got enough sleep and you're going to be tired and Mm -hmm. just keeps going on and on and on right yeah, and I just, for anybody listening out there, I mean, this practice, whatever that we may or may not be recommending here, I mean, it can be maybe you sit with your cat and look out the window for 15 minutes every morning, or maybe you garden mm-hmm. every morning, or maybe you go for a walk, but something that's quiet, where you're not on your phone, where maybe you're out in nature, or you're not really paying attention to or focusing on anything that you might usually worry about and making that a regular thing. I mean, if I went for a walk every morning, that'd be great for me. (laughs) My dog would love me if I went on a walk with him every morning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's go outside and try out some slacklining. Great. I'm excited. I've never tried this before. And I've signed the waiver, so (laughs) my soul is yours. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you use this information to strike up a local conversation. Check us out at macmillanlibrary.org to see upcoming events, including concerts, speakers, movies, and more. We also have free online classes through Gale Courses, as well as a host of databases for your research needs. If you can't find what you're looking for, stop in at the Information Desk. The Macmillan Conversation Maker podcast can be found at macmillanlibrary.org backslash podcast.